Get ready for conflicts where movie reviews collide. And welcome back to another episode of Conflicts, the podcast. Today, Nick is off in the wonderful world of adulting and buying new homes, and he is unavailable. So you got me and you got Rich, and we're bringing you another episode of The Rankening, where today we are going to be bringing you our top five nosedives of TV and film. Now, a nosedive is where it starts out good and then... Crash and burn. Sometimes they're good for a long time and then it crashes and burns at the end. Sometimes they start really good and then they nosedive real fast. So some of these are going to be movies. Some of these are going to be TV shows. They all started great and ended terribly in our opinions. So I'm going to dive right off with the show that gave me the idea for this episode. It's been in the news a lot lately, sadly, and that is Glee. Uh, Very sad. It is. That's a a sad story. It's so sad. It ran from 2009 to 2015, starring Leah Michelle and rest in peace, Naya Rivera. Uh, It was groundbreaking and it was so original in the beginning. The the quirky outlandishness of it. And then it became predictable and lackluster in the middle. And by the end, it was just too painful to watch. It 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 went from quirky and unconventional to just stupid and awkward and there was so much turmoil with the cast members poor naya rivera had a tragic end that was no fault of her own she drowned saving her child that's amazing uh the gentleman whose name i forget who played puck took his own life after having been arrested for child pornography the main guy from the show whose name i'm forgetting at the moment Corey Monteith is his name in real life, died in a drug overdose while the show was still on the air. I mean, the poor cast on that show has been through the ringer. Yeah, it uh, they did not all have gleeful endings, unfortunately. No, sadly they did not. And it's just so sad because the show, like I said, it was groundbreaking in so many ways from uh, an honest look at what it means to be a kid to LGBT issues to wanting more out of life and then it just became like a caricature of people that was just too dumb to watch i watched i stopped watching the last two seasons and i watched the series finale and i remember sitting there when it was over and i was like well that's done now yeah it was it it got rough i I was never a huge glee fan which is weird because i'm so musical you would have been in the glee club when you were in high school (laughs) uh we didn't call it that but um we call it show choir Mm. And there are videos. Uh, oh, I'm going to need to see no, those sometime. No, no you're not. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm sorry. Those are in the vault. Yep. Those are those are tucked away. All right. What are uh, what do you got for us here, pal? All right. Coming at number five for me. And this is a beloved classic. Well, although a little controversial now these days. But at the time, this was a wildly popular TV show. We're at seven full seasons from 1979 to 1985. You guessed it. It is. The Dukes of Hazard. Oh my God! Bo and Luke Duke. Yep. 
And Daisy. This and Daisy Duke. This was a but it was a wildly popular oh, show. Oh, it was. And in season five out of these seven seasons, they replaced Bo and Luke with their cousins Vance and Coy. Because Bo and Luke held out for more money and they said, Screw yeah. you, we're going to the show. Anyway, it was a very controversial thing. And then they finally settled on a contract and they wrote the two um the two cousins out in like very quickly in an episode and tried to go back like nothing ever happened. The problem is it just never was the same. And the shark had been jumped. It really had at that point. And every, it was I, I, what I thought was hilarious about it is everybody hated the idea of these cousins just coming in there replacing them. And then when Bone Luke just suddenly came back and everybody it was, done, was mad again, everybody was mad again. They're like, well, no, they, they should have had like some sort of a team up or or done something with it. So I it just it never recovered, never recovered. That's also a show that does not particularly hold up well uh, as the times have changed. I mean, if you look at the roof of the general lee and the name <laughs> general lee for your vehicle well it's 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 not blm friendly shall we say i mean it was the 70s and early 80s we acknowledge this but good god the times have changed and it does not hold up well i actually have all, i kind of wrote a little essay on it where um i i posit the question uh basically a little bit of a theory on my part that much of this idea that uh, you know, the Confederate flag is about Southern pride and not necessarily about racism comes from the fact of this show because, Oh, interesting. Because so, you know, before then it was, you didn't have that Confederate flag flying around. This is the show that popularized it in a way. And, uh, you know, I think that's just because they, they showed it as that. So, so many people who are now my age, which is unfortunately, you know, the, the generation behind the boomers and the, yeah. the boomers watch the show. And, you know, so when they think of the Confederate flag, they think of the, the General Lee and these good old boys and you know they don't and think, they see what the flag means to them and don't realize that it's not about what it means to you it's about what right. it means to the people who were oppressed by this flag but it created this kind of national idea of what that flag was because we all have these fond memories of the show and I have fond memories of the show I'm not going to lie and sit here and say that I hated it I didn't I love yeah, the Dukes at the of time Hazzard nobody thought anything of it it was the 70s. It, it was a fun show you know some guys driving around in their in their Dodge Charger uh, nobody got but hurt Yep, it, it was it was kind of funny, uh, you know. The it, the, ba- the basset hound was always there. Mm-hmm. It it was it was a good show for a certain you know time frame, um, but I think that's why a lot of people have that idea is because they have these fond memories of the show, and that's what they think of, and that's what has entered into the collective psyche as uh, they think back to that topic. And now I'm getting way too political. So <laughs> so you go go to the next one. Go okay. to the next one. So. Super ironically, if you caught our previous episode of Worst TV Theme Songs, then you will know that one Richard Souther felt that the show Seventh Heaven has one of the worst TV theme songs of all time. I happen to feel that it is one of the shows that took the worst nosedives of all time. Like on the first episode, or what do you mean? No, no, no. Here's the thing. (laughs) As stated in the previous episode, this ran from 96 to 07, start Catherine Hicks, Stephen Collins, we already touched on the sexual abuse allegations. The Reverend, it's cringy. So, random, random story. I was in Singapore with my family. We were staying in a hotel. My mom and my sister were not feeling well, so they were laying down or whatever. I'm stuck in a hotel room in Singapore. I'm too young to go exploring on my own. I'm feeling really restless, so I'm flicking through the channels. And I come across a an English-speaking, well, English is a national language of Singapore. And I come across a channel that is playing a TV show that the two main people that I see on the screen are both people from Star Trek. So, uh, record scratch, I stop. 
and start watching. Well, then I start to realize what's going on in the show. And I'm like, oh my God, this is so reminiscent of my own childhood. Their <laughs> pastor's in a small town in Southern California. This is so sweet. And it began as this show that was sweet and wholesome and family friendly and entertaining with admittedly less than stellar writing. But it became a ridiculous, inexcusably poorly acted, painfully badly written shit show that went on for way too long. And let me just add that sometimes child actors do not become talented actors as adults. <laughs> so some of those kids who could deliver their lines well and look real cute when they're like six years old, 11 years later is not the same story. And you're just like, are are you a cardboard cutout just reading the script from a cue card right now? I think I find it funny because the one person who probably went on to have a good acting career and, and has the talent. Was the first one to leave the show. Was the first one. And then not, you know, she got a little pushed out the door yeah, on that one. It was Justin Timberlake's <laughs> spouse of Jessica Beale, And I, now I feel like I just like shortchanged her because I acknowledged her as Justin Timberlake's oh, spouse. Oh, I'm calling you out. She is oh, her I'm own individual. Oh, and yeah. she has she her own career. She belongs to Justin Timberlake. She's nothing but his she wife She has her now. own claim to fame. I realized what I did and I caught it and I apologize <laughs> for it. But Jessica Biel was on this show. She did. I have that, she was like, I have that recorded. I'm going to bring it up forever. <laughs> <and> evidence. <laughs> she did a photo shoot with FHM Magazine when she was like 17 or something that was a little racy and Network did not like the racy photos and so they kind of pushed her out of the show. And to be fair, if I remember sirs, like they were clothed. I mean, they were skimpy. Yeah, and they were suggestive, but it wasn't they were not nudes. Yeah, this wasn't a Playboy. I mean, she was pretty scantily clad and you know, they they did her up and like she you know, she was an adult at this point. So Yeah. And I mean, it, it obviously didn't hurt her career. She's the only one that's yeah. really gone on to do much. Catherine Hicks is retired. Stephen Collins was forced to retire. See previous regarding sexual abuse allegations. Um, but the one daughter that stuck around forever, I believe she does a lot of uh, like Lifetime and Hallmark movies still. I think so. Um, Who so played she, Lucy? She, yeah, yeah, she's still kind of kind of out there. But that's pretty much it. Yeah, but that show was, everybody was talking about that show when it was on the WB and then they transitioned to CW and it was a great show and then it wasn't a great show. And I acknowledged that it was a terrible show the whole time, but I loved it for a while until it got too bad and I couldn't love it anymore. Yeah, it, it, was, it was a little rough. All right. Well, that was my weird Singapore Star Trek tangent about Seventh Heaven. So let's go on to the next show, buddy. What do you got? Or oh, movie? Uh, the, the, well, actually, interestingly enough, this one is both. Oh, okay. Yes. So this was, well, again, a wildly popular show, which I personally loved for much of the run of this show. It ran from 1993 to 2002, and again in 2016 and 18, and then had a movie in 2008. You guessed it. It's the X-Files. Oh, God. Oh, oh. I I don't even know if I can talk about this. You have to. You have to do it. Okay, this was, I love this show. Now, keep, now keep oh, in my mind God. It's such a good show. At the time frame, this was the geek show. Yeah. You know, now we have so many of them, but at the time, this was it. This well, was the this show. Well, and this was like the cool geek show. Like, mm -hmm. this was the show that didn't make you uncool for wanting to watch it. Exactly. This was uh, really one of the beginnings of where it became... Geek chic? Yeah, geek yeah. chic, you could say. Uh, and so it was this fantastic amalgamation. It's because they were both hot. I mean, it didn't hurt that people, you know, liked, <laughs> liked the looks of both of them. And um, it reminded me to tell you a story off mic. Uh, oh, I will. That. I it's absolutely will. It's a funny one. Um, but like, so in season eight, David Duchovny left. Right. 
And there's just no easy way to say this. It never recovered. No, it never. It didn't. They tried, and Gillian Anderson is amazing. I I can't say anything. And she much. tried, but the show worked because of the two of them. Yeah, their their thing mm-hmm. is what it, well, it was always the you know there was one believer and one non-believer. You had this uh, person who was grounded and this person who had their head in the clouds, and, and they their, balanced each other out. Their dynamic is what made that show so great. Uh, but you know they tried to come back they did the season 10 and 11 in 2016 2018 oh and those i refuse to believe that those exist this is like the uh alleged fourth indiana jones mm-hmm. film not real doesn't exist never happened they, they just were never able to even come close never to recapturing happened. everything the the time frames had changed there was just so much wrong with it so yeah it, it's they never recovered from season eight. They really didn't. Well, and I think they've acknowledged that because they've said that they're not coming back. Like the last, mm-hmm. the one in 2018, I think it was, was an absolute cliffhanger that made no sense at all, mind you. No sense at all. And there are no plans to bring it back to close the cliffhanger. There's no plans for another movie. I think at that point, I personally, as an X-Files fan, as a person who has seen every season of the X-Files and all of the movies of the X-Files, uh, the reboot, if you want to call it that, was a slap in the face. It was <laughs> spitting in my face and saying, screw you for all of your loyal fandom. We're going to mess with the show that you love and send it down the crapper. Yeah, it was definitely an obvious money grab that didn't pay off. Not at all. All right. Well, now that I've got you good and riled up, what's your next one? <laughs> okay. So my next one is a show that you were talking about Geek Chic and it being one of the super cool nerdy shows to watch. This one is Alias. And it was a show that crossed genres. It was part spy drama. It was part sci-fi. It was part uh, it was part fantasy in a lot of ways. It ran from 01 to 06, starred Jennifer Garner and Victor Garber. It was so cutting edge in the beginning, and it was empowering to women. It launched Jennifer Garner's career. It launched Michael Vartan's career. It launched Bradley Cooper's career. Bradley Cooper was only in the first one and a half seasons because his career already started to take Mm -hmm. off because you can't have a face that pretty and be that talented and your career not (laughs) skyrocket. I'm sorry. But here's a little life lesson, kids. Never date a coworker because you want to know what happened is this show started. Jennifer Garner was married and this is not a read on her personal life. This is just how it happened. Jennifer Garner was married to someone else. They got a divorce. She began to date her coworker, Michael Vartan. They did not work out in a relationship. Now the two characters were together and the two actors were together. When the two actors stopped being together, they made the two characters stop being together. And that's when the show started to nosedive. The whole point of the show was the will they, won't they, and their chemistry. And then it just went off the rails. It is truly a terrible series finale. And they took a good thing too far with uh, how they ended the show. Uh, you know, I call that the moonlighting effect because that was a show that very famously got bad yep. after they got together. Because uh, by the way, if you're going to try to figure out a list of nosedives, there uh, there's not a few to choose from. There's oh, a there's lot. a lot. There's a lot. It's unfortunately uh, very common. It is. And here's the thing: if you're going to write a TV series or a movie, know how you're going to end it. Don't be Stephen King, okay? If you <laughs> if you are going to create a TV series, just just imagine just. Use your wildest imagination and tell yourself it's going to be on for a decade and have a decade's worth of story so you know where you're going. Because so many of these shows are like, we have the great idea, we have such a great premise, and they do. 
but then it becomes a success and they don't know where to take it. Or if you're Stephen King, just do a lot of cocaine and wake up and a few days. Heavily. Yeah, and wake up a few days later with a really bad hangover and a uh, cujo in yeah. front of you because uh, that's apparently how that book got written. Or what happened at the end of it that yeah. they left out of the movie because it's too awkward and there are laws about showing that on screen. <laughs> mm, if you've read the book, you know. What I'm yeah, no, exactly what you're talking yep. about. Okay, what are you? What else you got here, pal? Let's bring it back up. All right, coming in at number three for me is a show that not only fell off the cliff once but twice. Oh God. The, this was a rubber band. This was uh, just an up and down and up and down. And that is, uh, it's weird because this show holds such an interesting place in the transition uh, from the old classic way movies and TVs went to what we have now with the streaming service. The first big, real, real success for Netflix, and that's House of Cards. Oh, I have to be honest. I've never watched this show because in an early episode, there's a death of a dog and I could never get past that's it. it. Early episode? That's in the first five minutes. Yeah. I mean, that is like the first thing. It was a beagle and I have a beagle and I couldn't get past it. And then everything happened with Kevin Spacey and I apologize to Robin Wright, but I've never been able to get past it. Well, and that's the thing that, you know, you start out where you got a, a two great seasons. The first season's amazing. The second season's pretty good. And then you get this like dismal third season where it, it doesn't even feel like the same show. It has all the same people in it, but nothing seems and the same. And this was pre. This was pre controversy. This, this was pre controversy. Pedophilia, correct? Right. And then, well, this, I mean, it was apparently going on during that time frame, but it was before we all found out about Kevin Spacey. Right. Um, and then suddenly they come back for this fourth season after this nosedive, and the fourth season was amazing again. Like the, everything they did wrong in the third season, it's like they they figured it out and went back to this formula that was was great, which was rough because. It was bad. Third season was bad. It was really, really bad uh, to the point where we didn't even know, are we going to watch the fourth season? And then we did. And that's and, a big deal for you to not commit to watch the mm -hmm. next season. So it, it, we did. And the fourth season was fantastic. Um, then they kind of got an okay fifth season, but then right in there is when the whole Kevin Spacey thing came out. Right. Anthony Rapp came forward and he was yep. propositioned when he was 14. Yeah. And, and then yeah. that whole snowball just started, started going. And you know, I, I look back cause Kevin Spacey, in my opinion, was a super talented oh, actor. Oh, he still is a and super talented those, actor. Some of those, well, we're never, probably never going to find out. Uh, if he, no, but his <laughs> existing work yep. is still amazing. It, it really is. So I just kind of had to come, uh, come up with this compromise that I'm okay with watching the work that he did. And separating that from the man that he is, but I'm okay that his career ended. Oh, you know, for sure. I'm, he I'm deserved just, a lot more than his career. I'm ending. just going to split those two apart and say, you know, he deserves everything he gets and probably more, but I'm not going to just like refuse to watch some great movies and great performances. Uh, however, they tried to do a sixth season without him. And I love Robin Wright. I do. She's extremely talented. She tried so hard, so hard to make that sixth season work. And the writing wasn't there. I don't know if they just got thrown for a loop and had to scramble and instead of take the time to do something right. But they, in my opinion, they ruined her character. They, they really did. Because she was such a badass. And I, I find it ironic that by getting rid of Kevin Spacey, which was always the thing that was holding her character from being the ultimate badass, they, they weakened her. Interesting. I wanted to see her go full on. You know, I wanted the last episode basically being her uh, looking at the camera and saying, and that's how you're supposed to do it. Or some yeah. badass line like that. Like, you know, you know, screw that guy. This, the, I finally did it right. And look why. I Which is super interesting, obviously, as a person who's not watched the show fully admittedly. But it's very interesting that there was a, ma a male female dichotomy and they managed to get through four seasons with only one dip in the middle of knowing how to write for that. And both characters coming off okay, then you remove the male 
from the equation and the female character crumbles from a writing perspective, I would be interested to know uh, the gender of the writers and if there's something to that of not knowing how to write a woman coming out on top. You know, I don't know, which is weird because in the earlier seasons, like she's always, the, the character is the dutiful wife of the politician. She's right. intelligent. She's smart uh, in her own right, but she always makes the sacrifices for his career. And that comes up a few times as controversies between them. You know, she, it's very modern. She's, he's got his own girlfriend. She's got her own boyfriend. They share a boyfriend at one point. Um, they, you know, so That's it's, hot. Well, I mean, they, they did it in such as nonchalant. This is what, if you're, you know, high-powered politician, like he, he becomes president at one point. Uh, and then when they re-campaign, she finally actually runs as the vice presidential candidate, mm-hmm. which is how she becomes president. I know I'm giving away some spoilers here, spoilers. but there you go. But there were many times I remember my wife and I were talking and, uh, you know, he was a super devious person and there's a few things that would happen. You're like, holy shit, you think that she's the, the, the nice one. And there's a, that's like, she's, I think she's far more evil than he is. She's just so much better at hiding it and playing it off that you're just waiting for this moment where she just fucks everybody over. <laughs> and, you know, then when she finally gets to be it herself, and it never happens. And then season six, and they they keep making her look like this weakling. And I was waiting for that moment where that was her ploy. Oh, where she'd been hiding behind the guise of that the whole yeah, time. Yeah, where, where she was like, oh, no, what was me? I'm just a poor weakling. And in the meantime, she's making all these moves to get one over on everybody. And then that didn't happen. And this is confirmed like that was the series finale, correct? Like there's no more coming? No, this this has been over for a few years now. And honestly, it was not well received as a season. So it just, no, it didn't work. Didn't work. So not only one cliff, but two, quite a roller coaster. Well, interesting. Okay, my next one is the only film that I have on my list. It is the little heard of, little seen it is 2000's Dr. T and the Women. Oh my goodness, I remember this one. So, calling it a nosedive is a bit of a stretch. I would say perhaps the first 20 minutes of the film are good. So, <laughs> the trailers lied because the trailers for this movie made it look like it's 2000, so it's at the end of the 90s rom-com boom, and it starred Richard Gere and Helen Hunt. So trailers make it look like it's going to be a rom-com for a more established, older couple between Richard Gere, Helen Hunt. There's Farrah Fawcett in here. Liv the Tyler mo- was in it too, wasn't she? Uh, uh, was uh, Kate Hudson. And uh, and maybe, yes, I believe it was Liv Tyler because there's a, a lesbian subplot that involves the two of them that makes no sense at all. So basically, the movie starts and Richard Gere is an OBGYN and there's Helen Hunt and there's Farrah Fawcett. And to say that this movie doesn't make sense is like saying 2020 has hit a few speed bumps. Okay, like there's a point in the movie where Farrah Fawcett's character is climbs into the fountain in the middle of the mall and is having a meltdown removing her clothes while dancing around in some sort of total psychotic break because she's too loved and her brain can't handle her perfect first world life that is a part of the plot of this movie a woman goes crazy because her life is too perfect and then at the end of the movie Richard Gere is in the middle of nowhere, Mexico. Don't ask me how he got there, but he's just in the middle of Mexico. And then there is a simulated but very realistically graphic childbirth at the end of this movie that is the cherry on the top of this bizarre shit Sunday. This movie 
you want to know why you haven't seen Helen Hunt in a lot lately? It's probably <laughs> because of this movie. And the same for Richard Gere. I don't know if their careers ever could withstand the just inexcusable movie. It was, if my memory is, I remember watching this movie, it was pretty rough. By the way, you forgot Laura Dern and Shelley Long. Oh, I forgot about also, Shelley Long. I knew yep. Laura Dern was in there. I just didn't want to sully her name by mentioning this film. No, yeah, I, I, I omitted her because I was like, she deserves better. And Tara Reed. Oh, Tara Reed. <laughs> I was at a con one time. And you know how there's the lines at the end mm-hmm. for all of the autographs and what have you. And I wasn't uh, I wasn't in line for anybody. That makes me really claustrophobic to be in those lines. So I don't typically do that. But I was walking through waiting for a friend of mine. Look up. Look over to my left. Make sustained direct eye contact with Tara Reed Because <laughs> she's at her little booth. And there is not one person in line to get her autograph. She's just sitting there. And I think she stared at me for a second like... <gasps> Maybe she wants my autograph. And I just kind of looked down at the ground and kept walking. And I was like, I'm sorry, sis. But she she made she, the con circuit pretty hard there for a while. She also spent a lot of time in a tanning bed. <laughs> and like her skin don't look right. It's a shade of orange that humans aren't supposed to be. It, you know, it really is. And I, I've done a number of those cons. And I got my picture taken with quite a few celebrities. Uh, actually, some of them, one of my honorable mentions, I have uh, pictures with a fair number of that cast. Um but funny you should mention a con story because I have a con story about my next. Oh, tell us, tell us. Next one, number two on my list, uh, ran for four seasons from 2006 to 2010 with its all-star ensemble cast. That's the TV show Heroes. I never watched this show. Oh my goodness. It was the biggest thing it when was it came out. Huge. They, it was Zeitgeist. They had this amazing marketing campaign at the beginning, and then the show came on, and season one was just fantastic. It was this fantasies meets sci-fi meets mystery and intrigue it was the you know it was right at the beginning of the return of the superhero phase so they got yeah. in on the ground floor of that and it was just it was great it really was oh, and it had a huge ensemble cast i actually have two con stories about this but Ooh. um well I'll, I'll, here, okay so one of them is really short so Hay- hayden panettiere uh-huh. was very popular but she was also very young in this show yes so um, she was the cheerleader right she was so she shortly after this she started um, repping a few products, mm-hmm. and she was looking for things that were like very empowering to girls. So one of the products that she went into, and I can't remember the name of it now, but there were the like horse trading cards where they were all. It was like a My Little My Pretty Pony thing, except oh, it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. They were these different ho- pretty horses and everything, and there was this trading card thing. And is early days of the internet, so you could go online and unlock things on this website with this little game, and it was all meant to be this very positive experience for young girls. Uh-huh. Right? So my daughter was super into this and I was at a convention and my family wasn't with me on this one. And I found out when I got there, the Hayden Panettiere was there to push this product. So, you know, my daughter is like, oh my gosh, this would be amazing. My wife's like, you need to sneak over there if you can and try to get some of these cards because she was autographing them. And, um, did you feel like such a creeper? Well, I didn't think of it until I went and got in line, right? So I'm like, okay, I, I had some time. I ran over. I got in line. And I'm like, I'm going to get these cards. I'm going to be cool, Dad. And suddenly there's this moment where I look around. And, and you're surrounded by 12-year-old girls? No, I was surrounded. It was worse. I was surrounded by like 14, 15-year-old boys. Oh, no. Yeah, they get the ones in front of me like, oh, my God, I can't believe we're going to meet the goddess. And I'm like, shit. I look now like, you're pervy. I look like well, it ended well. So um, when I got up there close, because they were like they didn't have somebody taking pictures, so like they were you know you just try to get a picture really quick. 
And I get up there kind of close and I'm like, but whatever, you know, I'm going to power through. It's for my daughter. I don't care. So I get up there and there's this lady kind of standing there off the side. She's obviously with the group, right? Uh-huh. But she's just kind of standing there and she kind of gives me a funny look. And I look over her and we make an awkward eye contact, like you said. And I'm like, my daughter loves this stuff. I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get a, an autograph for her. And she kind of gave me the funny look and then kind of laughed. She's like, oh, and she looked around the line and kind of came to me. I'm like, I know it looks super creepy, but my daughter's going to think I'm a hero. So whatever. And she kind of laughed. She came over. We chatted for just a minute. And when it came time, she's like, I'll take your picture if you want for you. Cause I had this really crappy camera, but that's what we had at the time. Yeah. And so I go up there and step and to do it. And she signs the the card, you know, we go to take the quick picture. Um, and she looks the uh, Hayden Panettiere looks over at the lady and says, Hey mom, why are you taking his picture? <laughs> so it was her mom. So apparently that's who I, I befriended really quickly was Hayden Panettiere's mom. And, um, but anyway, so well, that story went better than the series because I never watched it. And even I know that it took it, an epic nosedive. Oh my gosh. And it never recovered. You know, Didn't they, they even try to bring it back they and it did, still was terrible. They rebooted it in 2015 and it was just awful. Then it, it, it was just such a, it fell so quickly and so fast. It really was just, it's, just again, if you have an idea for a show, make sure that you know where it's going to go. If it lasts longer than one season. I'm saying it went so bad that my next con story about this show uh, is because we went to a show uh, convention and Milo Ventimiglia was there. Yeah. And this was right after Heroes and his, this tanked so bad He's from the, this is us, right? Uh, he is now. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. But at this point, like nobody would go to him because like, his, his booth was empty because Heroes was just so bad. People didn't even <laughs> want to acknowledge. And this is us hadn't come out yet. And it was before This Is Us, and his his career took a huge surge. And he's a super nice guy. Super nice guy. Um, but we were at the convention, and I did have my family with me. At, for this one, it's quite a few years later. And one of the TV shows that he was on that my uh, wife and daughter just loved was Gilmore Girls. Oh, people love that show. I've never seen it. Um, and I actually watched every episode. It really wasn't actually even all that bad. It, it was obviously geared more towards girls. Right. Um, but it was a pretty solid show. So I, I, I enjoyed it. But they just loved the show. This was just... Fantastic Most people do. I know someone who named their daughter Lorelai because they love the show. They, they it was fantastic uh, in many ways. Edward Herman really was. He's you know another one that's unfortunately left us, but there's some good acting in it. Uh, but Milo Ventimiglia was uh, one of her early the love, love interests interest. and was in it for quite a while. He really well, was. He's pretty. So they wanted. They're like, we want to go meet him and get yeah. a picture. And we're like, well, there because I don't know. If some of you've been to conventions. The lines can get a little crazy, just a little bit. And here he is with basically nobody there. And we're like, well, we can just walk up. And we did. Uh, had a lovely conversation with the man. Uh, got some pictures. The girls were super excited for it. Um, and then a few years later, this is us comes on, and now he doesn't do the concert anymore. <laughs> Shockingly enough. So we caught him right at that the perfect lull to be able to get those pictures for them and the autographs. Well, hey, your love of the show that took a nosedive got you somewhere. You know, two great stories. It, it really did, but because um, so many of the cast, they're fantastic. They just didn't get to show up for longer than one season. Not their fault. No. Not their fault. Okay, here is my ultimate, ultimate nosedive. This is a show that ran from 2006 to 2013. I was worried we were going to have the same one here. Oh. I really was, so we're not. But okay, go good. It. I'm glad. Uh, that is the show Dexter. Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. It starred Michael C. Hall and Jennifer Carpenter. And this began as revolutionary TV. It was ahead of the game. It hit before the television renaissance really took off that we're in now. It was one of the first shows that took advantage of being on a premium channel because it was on Stars, I believe. might have been Showtime. 
And so they could show more gore. They could show nudity. They could say the words that you can't say on network TV. And it looked at the anti-hero in this whole new light that turned good versus bad, good guy, bad guy on its ear. But then ultimately it just became a slap in the face to itself. Like the show ends where his sister falls in love with him. He kills her, leaves the child he fought so hard for behind with someone he hardly knows and run off, runs off to become a mountain man. What? It was a very controversial uh, ending to the show. Well, and even before the ending, I mean, the first, I would say, two, three seasons were really good, really strong. And then it just got in its own way and couldn't stop tripping over its own feet, didn't know which way to look. And they kept adding new characters and it just wasn't sustainable. And then that end came along and it's a show a show has to be really bad for me to refuse to rewatch it because i haven't seen dexter since it was on i mean i stopped watching i watched the series finale but i stopped watching the last couple seasons because it got so bad but for me to just be flat out nope i'm not rewatching that and that is the case for dexter absolutely not i know how it's going to end and i'm not putting myself through that turmoil again see all of this is a, a why i'm a huge fan of the idea that i love shows that know the story they're going to tell they tell it in the seasons that they want to do and then they're done they're out yes they're exactly like, this was going to be three four or five seasons we know the story or we're even gonna... like Watchmen, mm -hmm. where they committed to one season that is one of the mm -hmm. best tv shows that's ever yep. been created and there's only ever going to be one let's hope so and let, i mean if they ever come up with enough I a better idea um like i actually just recently went and watched uh, the new bill and ted yeah, um, which I thought was a great idea that honestly needed to wait this long to happen. So I'm okay with some a certain amount of things, but for the most part, tell the story, know the story you want to tell, and tell that story, and then be done. I love that. Which little hypocritical of me because my number one was one of the shows that was going to tell a certain story. They knew the story they were going to tell, and unfortunately, it in my opinion is the, the biggest nosedive that I've seen in a long time. Went from the highest high the lowest low and i'm a little surprised this wasn't on your list because i think you're going to agree with me wholeheartedly and that is the fantastic the amazing the epic game of thrones i thought about it but i didn't hate it as much as anything on this list and i would be willing to rewatch everything but the last season and that's the thing you have seven amazing seasons and then the last is a piece of shit the last is I mean, see previous regarding slap in the face. Like, the last season of Game of Thrones is slap in the face to the dedicated fans of the previous seven. Well, and I think as as much as I say this is a little bit of an opposition to my theory, the, the, the argument I will make there is because once they got past George R. R. Martin, I think they just struggled further and further with knowing how to make the story. Well, and time was the ultimate enemy of that because mm -hmm. they did not leave themselves themselves enough time to wrap up a story that intricate and the cast had gotten too famous by that point. There was no extending it for a ninth too season. Too famous or too old. And, and um, Yeah, it was just there was no there was no way that they were going to get the time that they needed to wrap that story up. I 100% believe that if they had added another season, it would be a whole different story because they or, could have closed it. Or a much larger eighth season because yeah. it was very short. They really It was shorter that, than the previous ones. Oh, by, by far. So, I mean, if they would have done another six episodes, maybe they could have wrapped it up better. So it's definitely a victim of that. But that isn't, that's not an excuse. That's just not an excuse. You either do it right or you don't do it. Yeah, I, I would rather have there have not been an eighth season at this point, or do something you know, do something different. There was a point where they could have realized uh, that it's just not going to work. 
and they didn't, and they still fight against it, which is funny because I, you know, that, that crew that's done all that, that, that's some good people there. There's a oh, lot, yeah, there's a lot of talent talented. there, but that it crash and burn, man, it, it's rough. The point where I would love to go back and rewatch the first seven seasons. I don't know if I can, knowing that the ending is so bad. I'm going to need some more time before I'm ready to to take that on. Actually, uh, recently, my brother-in-law was like, what show should I watch that I haven't seen before? And I was like, have you watched Game of Thrones? And he was like, yeah, but I heard how it ended, and I don't know if I should. And I was like, I recommend it, but you should stop at season seven. Just so you know. And he went ahead and watched the whole thing. I was like, I asked him, I was like, did you watch Game of Thrones? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, you didn't stop at season seven, did you? And he's like, no, I watched the last <laughs> And I was like, you should have listened to me, man. It, it, it's hard to do. I've actually gotten several uh, pictures taken with the cast members from that, too. Mm, they're pretty. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, we've got the Jason Momoa picture. Yeah, uh, he's pretty. That, that was an easy one because, you know, I'm there with my wife. And uh, and your wife's about, pretty, and yeah, there are pretty people in a picture. And, and who we, uh, you're like, who are we going to get our picture taken with? And uh, like, I know where her vote was going. <laughs> that, was, that was not a difficult one to discern. But uh, he's a super cool dude. Um, he's really tall. No, yeah, he's huge. He's really tall. I mean, I'm not a particularly big guy, but like he dwarfs me well, by a lot. And it's really funny because he's married to Lisa Bonet of The Cosby Show, and she is a very petite woman. She's mm-hmm. very tiny, but she's also small in stature. And like the two of them next to each other is like a letter L and a comma. Like there, <laughs> she is so tiny next to him, and oh, it yeah. is adorable. He was actually uh, out of all the people I got my picture taken with. He was probably the one that was most the most excited and having the most fun. Because you know, when you go in there, he's like, "All right, what are we doing?" That like, I follow him on Instagram, and that seems to suit his personality. He seems to be that one who's just like, "All right, we're doing a thing. Let's make it as fun as we can." Yeah, I mean, the typical one people do is you know where like the he's pushing the husband away, <laughs> you know, do that, uh, do that kind of thing. Uh, so he's he's just he was just up for anything. He was game, and he was funny guy. Uh, I mean, you get you know like thirty seconds with him or whatever. Right. So it's not very long, but hey, he seemed to have a lot of fun. And some of them, you know, you just kind of walk in. They're like, "Hey, what's up? Take a picture." Yeah. Well, he was he was he was pretty cool. That's awesome. All right. Do you have any honorable mentions, pal? You know, since we're on the uh, the whole uh, con thing and pic- people have taken pictures with, uh, this next one, which is an honorable mention for me, is one that I actually have a lot of pictures with cast members. Not, oh, my. Not, not quite complete, but I've got a pretty good uh, chunk of, of these people. It ran from 1999 to 2004. We got five seasons of this show, and it is a spinoff of another even more popular show, and you're going to recognize it, but that is the TV show Angel. Oh, that almost made my list! That almost made my list! Mm-hmm. That show, you want to talk about a slap in the face, the end of Angel is a freaking slap in the face. The Man, last two seasons of the show Angel are a slap in the they face. Really, especially since it started out so good. It did. We it got was a better than Buffy in a lot seasons. of ways, and then it wasn't. Well, and that was the funny thing, because you know the, you have the spinoff, and spinoffs usually everybody is very skeptical with yeah uh you know we haven't had a great spinoff since frazier uh, yeah frazier is probably the ultimate spinoff it really is and then you know you have the same but it came out great i mean it was super strong uh it it seemed to have all the the makings of a bad spinoff and then it turned out to be really good for a while and then it just went it went terribly bad it went south oh it went off the rails it, it never really i mean you really never recovered from the whole storyline with the son with connor yeah that didn't make any sense and the whole hotel like pretty much once they switched the hotel it was just like what yeah it no. got it got it got rough but and yeah if you've ever seen the end of the show the sopranos where it just ends think that meets the huge battle at the end of game of thrones but everybody's running at everybody and there's a huge battle and there's big crescendo music and then cut to black 
the end. And uh, that's how Angel ends. Now, if you ever go back and watch the what they call the extended universe there, which is where they did the, the graphic novels, it actually, the storyline gets really good again because they pick up at the end of that scene and then they kind of, they do a pretty good job of back-explaining um, what all happened there to that make it better. spitting in your face of the show just ending and not getting any explanations? Sure. Pretty much. Um, and I, I gotta admit, they did a really good job of it. If, you, if graphic novels are something that, uh, that are work for you as a medium, then you should you should check that out because uh, I'm not saying it completely redeems what they did wrong, but it it helps a lot. And then they continue on with a good story after somebody that. we used to work with a coworker of both of ours had a con pick up uh, herself and Charisma Carpenter from that show at her desk. Yeah. I just remembered that. Yeah, I've got that one too. <laughs> um, she is a very interesting person, still very very pretty. Uh, so help pretty. Help catch a serial killer when she was. Younger. That's awesome. That is a, that's a true story. That's so awesome. Um, so uh, I just thought of an honorable mention that, again, we're we're tying back to our worst TV theme songs here. Uh, you mentioned it in your worst TV theme songs, and that is the TV series Felicity. Mm. Now, Felicity actually took such a turn. Uh, not a lot of people know this, but it was on WB before it merged and became CW. They actually wrote a rule across the board for all WB series that no leading ladies could cut their hair off because the ratings <laughs> from season it one was a huge controversy. to season two of Felicity took such a nosedive and the idiots at network just assumed it was because she cut all of her hair off. But season one of Felicity was really great. Then there was season two that was not great. And then there was season three that was less not great. And it was a show that ended like, let me just tell you, if you know anything about the show Felicity, it's very angsty. It's very college girl drama. Mm -hmm. And the series finale of this show involves time travel. Let me just like, let me just put that out there for you. This is a show that involves no supernatural elements other than a weird Wiccan roommate. And the series finale involves time travel. Yeah, it, you know, what's funny about all of this is that I think it would be harder to come up with a list of shows that didn't at some point fall off. I thought you were going to say didn't at some point involve time travel. And I'm like, buddy, I don't know what you're watching, but there's a lot of shows that don't have time travel. A lot. Yeah, there are, but not a lot of shows that ended as strong as they began. Oh, that's the truth. That is the truth. All right, what else you got? That's my last honorable mention. I mean, that's it. I was going to... Uh, uh, okay, I've got an honorable, honorable mention, but uh, the TV okay. show Scrubs is another example oh, of a show. Oh, that one. That went that on way too went long. That one went off the rails. Yeah, I mean, they had a, num a number of great seasons, and then when it... Because uh, they actually ended it. Like, there's the series finale, done, we're over with. And then they switched networks. And then ABC's like, we're going to we're gonna continue but on. With, it, 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 I'm pretty sure it had different cast. Well, at first it didn't. They, they started out with the same cast, and then the, the cast just finally said... <laughs> They're like, this is terrible, we're, we're we can't good. do it anymore. And then they got a totally, totally new cast and it just doesn't work it just didn't work yeah that was a really good show though early scrubs was if you're into quirky absurd comedy yeah, check it, out early scrubs it, it's it's pretty funny I also has an epic tv bromance between <laughs> zach braff and uh donald Faison. yeah it really is a good show and interestingly enough uh you know, my, my, my wife works in the medical field, mm -hmm. so she loves to critique shows oh, in the I medical bet. field. And this is one of the ones that she really doesn't have anything to say about because it takes place in the medical field, but really has nothing to do with the medical field. Other than that is just, absolutely accurate. It's just the backdrop. They're, they just happen to be in a hospital. They're doctors, but none of the plot lines and storylines really have a whole lot to do with it. It's just the backdrop to be funny. 
And it is very funny, but it was not at the end. Nope. Not at the end at all. Unfortunately. Well, on this note of things that ended on a bad note, let's yeah. try and end this on a high note. Yeah, I'll say why. Because if all these shows were a letdown at the end, let's let this episode <laughs> be a letdown at the end. Let's cut to black. We're out. Bye. Bye.